Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant, and this show is a milestone. I'm celebrating the first anniversary of the Full Circle radio show, and I'm starting out with my signature song, my theme, from my longtime friend and one of the most talented guitarists that I know personally, Mr. Phil Kagey. Here's the one that started it all off on Full Circle.
Bill Kagey. And full circle. Back to where it all began. Well, on my radio show, I try hard not to date anything. Although I'm not playing current hits or top 40 countdown, I'm looking back to some timeless music that's influenced today's contemporary Christian music. But there was a reason for starting off with our theme song. I've reached a kind of a milestone, and I want to acknowledge my gratitude to the Lord and to the many radio stations that have embraced Full Circle over the last year. That's right. This is a kind of a first anniversary radio show from the day I cracked the microphone to record that first Full Circle radio show. Someday, I'll tell you the story of how it all began again. And this next group was diverse and on the cutting edge of a new kind of music that started out, as a lot of things do, in Southern California. Adam Again, a band that formed in Huntington Beach, California, by vocalist Gene Eugene, who also enlisted Ricky Michelle to help out on vocals, Paul Valadez on bass, John Knox on drums, Greg Lawless in guitar, and Dan Michaels on saxophone. Now, Gene's unique vocal approach remained the least changing element in a band that seemed to have trouble feeling comfortable limits to one style, melting soul, funk, rock, and acoustic influences into their ever-changing form of music. Now, Gene was a bit of a renaissance man due to the fact that he was an actor, producer, engineer, composer, and musician. He was owner of the Green Room Recording Studios in which he recorded and produced hundreds of albums for the developing West Coast alternative Christian music scene. Gene died in his sleep on March 20th, 2000 in his beloved studio. He was only 38 years old. Friends said that Eugene hadn't been feeling well in recent weeks and complained of headaches the day before his death. He was sorely missed by the innumerable musicians with whom he helped to hone their talents, including the choir, Daniel Amos, Crystal Lewis, and John Gibson, just to name a few. On a little known side note, their debut album sported a cover painting by the famous artist, Reverend Howard Finster, who also did cover paintings for secular bands like The Talking Heads and R.E.M. Now his paintings are colorful and detailed. They use flat picture plane without perspective, and they're often covered with words, especially Bible verses. When criticized for doing paintings for secular rock bands, Howard would just respond by saying, well, on the first cover I did for the Talking Heads, there's 26 scripture verses on it. They sold a million records in the first two and a half months. So that's 26 million verses that got out into the world, being read by those who may never pick up a Bible in their entire lives. Like the song said, it only takes a spark. From that 1987 debut album, In a New World of Time, Morning Song, Adam Again.
The Late Gene Eugene with Adam again. Morning Song on Full Circle. So just as it seemed appropriate to start the show with a theme song, it's equally appropriate to have a special guest stop by, Chuck Gerard, founding member of Love Song. He'll spend some time remembering and sharing a number of those first songs from where it all began. So stay tuned. Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Did you know that you can make a world of difference right where you are? Many friends like you are helping to strengthen frontline shepherds around the world who are strategically positioned to reach their nations for Christ. The Ministry of Global Advance is helping to equip and train pastors and leaders in their nations who can be effective in reaching their own people. Equipping national pastors in developing nations is cost-effective, culturally sensitive, and produces big results. For more information, visit our website, globaladvance.org, and find out how you can help touch leaders and change nations. Here's the web address again, globaladvance.org. Hey, it's Chuck Gerard from the group Love Song, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Classic Jesus music, looking back to where it all began. This is Full Circle. You know, I've been getting so many responses to the show. It's so encouraging. Folks who tell me they're enjoying the show, that it was definitely time to go full circle before we lose the memories of our rich history of Jesus music that spawned today's CCM. Well, just this week, I had a letter from a listener in Argentina who listens to Full Circle on the World Wide Web. And he invited me to view what he thinks might be the first website in Spanish featuring the music and the memories of the late Keith Green. Music has no boundaries because Jesus is everywhere. Maybe you've just started listening and you'd like to write me as well. Here's my mailing address. Info at FullCircleJesusMusic.com That's info at FullCircleJesusMusic Don't leave out the Jesus. FullCircleJesusMusic.com Or you can download a past show on your iPod at www.FullCircleJesusMusic.com That's FullCircleJesusMusic.com Over the past few shows, I've featured a number of these pioneer Jesus music groups. The Way, Mustard Seed Faith, Nancy Honeytree, Paul Clark, Keith Green, Second Chapter Backs, Petra, and so many, many more. Now, you may have noticed, I've played a fair amount from one of the premier Jesus music groups, a group called Love Song. Now, Chuck Gerard was the founding member of that legendary group. So he stopped by my first anniversary show to recall how he and the group began and evolved. This is Full Circle. In the mid-60s, uh, I had gotten into the drug scene and um, discovered marijuana and then later on LSD. And um, through a, um, well, actually through playing in Las Vegas, I had a, a kind of bar band things going. We were playing in Las Vegas. We, we met this group called the Fifth Cavalry. Denny Carell was one of the lead singers. So we gravitated to this group, and we got to talking to him, and Denny was 
I don't even think he was actually born again at the time, but he was on fire with evangelistic zeal for Jesus. But he was still taking drugs. That's why I say I'm not sure that he was actually born again yet. But he was really, really preaching it, you know. And so I had never had anybody so enthusiastic about, you know, a religious experience before. And so he's a very persuasive guy. And um, in my own way, I he actually kind of led me to the Lord, but I was still involved in the drug thing. So, you know, whether we were born again at that time, I don't know. But that was about a year before we really would have met up with Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel and all that. And uh, so at that time, we, we considered ourselves to be Christians, but I, as I say, we're still in the drug thing. And um, at this point, we lived in Laguna Beach, California, in Southern, Southern Laguna Beach, and uh, in a very nice home. We were hippies with money, which is kind of unusual because uh, we lived communally, but we had a couple of bands working in nightclubs, so we were bringing home paychecks. And uh, the Lord was beginning to lower the boom on us, you know, and we were feeling like something needed to change in our lives. And we started to hear about this church called Calvary Chapel and uh, from hippies that we'd pick up hitchhiking or whatever. So obviously that excited our curiosity, and uh, one thing led to another, and we've made our way up there one night to check it out and see what was going on. I wasn't, I was very anti the whole idea of Christianity, not Christ, but Christianity. And um, so for me, it was sort of like, uh, I need to go up and check this out because I want to be an open-minded seeker. And if this is really something that's real, I need to find out about it. But in the back of my mind, I thought, but it's really not because it's Christian, but at least I can decide that, you know. Well, God had different ideas and uh, I, I just felt the reality and the, the power of God in the room when I walked in and uh, in my own way, the best way I knew, I surrendered my life to the Lord that night. And my attitude was more like, uh, God, this seems like you're in this and if, if you know, I'll just uh, hang in there until you show me different. And that was like 35 plus years ago. Then of course how the band came to be uh, come together was that uh, the fellows that were in my circle of friends uh, that had been, we had been in a group called Love Song before we were Christians. And ironically, or by divine coincidence, or however you want to put it, uh, we all got saved or born again within a three to five week period. Well, we shared our songs at Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith in a private meeting, and he resonated to our songs, and he thought, man, these, these songs need to be heard. And he invited us to play for a little Bible study that was uh, the, the uh, Bible teacher or the preacher in that study was Lonnie Frisbee, who was the very first uh, hippie convert at Calvary Chapel. And so we became the house band on this Monday night study. And so now you had a preacher that looked like Jesus and a house band that looked like Crosby, Stills and Nash or somebody or Jefferson Airplane or something. And uh, the hippies just started coming in great numbers. And the church grew from a couple of hundred to over 2,000 in about four months time. Then the media got involved and uh, the star just kept rising. And that was the beginning of the group Love Song. Uh, we got caught up in the in the, the attendant publicity of that whole thing and uh, became very popular and very well known very quickly. So that was how our group got got started, and that was the beginning of our ministry. Love song. The name Love Song actually was uh, uh, one of our bass players back before we were Christians. Uh, a guy named Jack Schaefer came up with the name. He said, "I've got the perfect name for the hippie type group." He says, "The Love Song." He put the on it. And we just went, oh, that's great. You know, we're about love and we're about music. So that was our name. And we played secularly under that name for a number of years. Then when we got born again, uh, there, there was no precedent for how you named a contemporary Christian rock group because they're, you know, we're practically the first one. And we knew that gospel groups had gospel names. We didn't want that. And so we just thought, you know, hey, let's just keep 
the name because now we know the true source of our love and we're still about music and if anybody remembers us from nightclubs and things we'll just say well the band got born again and that was our rationale for that that was kind of our theme song back before we were Christian group and um, we didn't really think of it very seriously when we recorded it for the Christian album um, we actually had that song was written before we were Christians and um, so it, that's why it's short and we were kind of also emulating Sgt. Pepper, which started off with Sgt. Pepper and then had a reprise at the end before Day and the Life came on the album. So we thought, well, we'll kind of do that with Love Song. We'll put it in the front and then we'll do a half volume little treatment at the end. And uh, so that's as much as it meant to us from that standpoint. The lyric was just more like we felt like uh, he who has ears to hear, hear what the album has to say. But the the ironic part was that they pulled that off the album in the Philippines and it went to number one and opened the door for us to play for 10,000 people a night over five nights in the same stadium where the Beatles had played four years earlier, Rissal Baseball Stadium in Manila, and thousands of people got saved because of this little minute and a half little song that we put on the front of our album with no real intent for it to ever really be anything but an intro to the group. And here's that song that God had a purpose for in the very beginning of Jesus' music. Because He truly is the source of all love. Here's Love Song. Gerard and Love Song. And Chuck is our special guest on this Full Circle Anniversary Show. He told of some of his memories of those early days. He had certainly was new and uncharted waters. Yeah, the early days were incredible. I mean, as I look back on them now, see, you come into something like that and you don't have a, any basis of comparison. We knew something was different because we knew that We'd never heard about Christianity being covered in the news media. So we knew there was something newsworthy about what was going on at Calvary Chapel. The press are the ones that, that labeled the whole thing the Jesus movement. 
And so we knew that something was different. In fact, that's reflected in our song, Little Country Church, that it's not the way it used to be. You know, We knew that it was new, but we didn't have any basis of comparison. So we didn't know how new it was or how radical it was to the person who'd been a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years. So we came in from that standpoint, and what I do remember is, and, and, and I can actually, now I have a basis of comparison because I've walked with the Lord in what we call Christendom for 35 years, and it was the most pure movement I've ever seen. The, the, the hippies knew what they were brought out of. You know, you brought us out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. And if I was to sum the whole Jesus movement up with one word, it would be grateful. We were people with a grateful heart. We knew what we owed. We didn't, it wasn't like we owed God, but we knew what God had done for us, what Jesus had done on the cross. And there's a tremendous sense of that. There's a tremendous sense of absolute abandonment in the worship. It was pure. There wasn't, in the music in the early days, there, there weren't any considerations for, there wasn't any airplay. There wasn't any, there was no CCM magazine. There were no trade journals. There was nobody putting, there were no charts. So that side of things was not even in play yet. So you weren't in it for wrong reasons. You couldn't be in it, I'm going to get my song on the charts and be the next Christian artist. You just did it because you loved God and you had a gift that you wanted to share with the body of Christ and get people saved. So the purity of that whole thing is what I remember the most. And going back to the Catherine Coleman thing, um, somehow Pastor Chuck, who was really kind of careful about who he associated with, took a shine to Catherine and for him to even be involved with her obviously gave her his stamp of approval. And so somehow, and again, I don't know the exact connection of how we got involved down there on her TV show and all, we started to, they started to bring groups of hippies down to her show. Well, our band had gotten saved there, and we were starting to play at Calvary Chapel, so the clip that's on YouTube and all that, the one that's available for people, was our group probably just a few weeks after we were saved on the show, and Chuck's talking to Catherine Coleman about the thing at Calvary Chapel and the Jesus movement and the whole thing, and she's responding to him in her usual inimitable way. And then Chuck cuts to me, and he says, now we're going to hear from one of our young men that just got born again. And So I gave my testimony, and then our group played Welcome Back. And um, we had done a number of meetings with her after that, uh, some that were just live and not televised. And the power of her ministry and her persona I don't remember any uh, any individual person since then that I can say this about. When she walked out on the stage, the Holy Spirit walked out with her. There was a visible ushering into the presence of God by her very, just the act of her walking on the platform. And my wife, uh, who wasn't my wife at the time, uh, I was dating her, um, was very, very private. She did not want to be in public. And uh, Lonnie had kind of roped her into being on the platform. And there was only one seat left right in the middle of the stage where Catherine had been sitting. So my wife didn't realize it was Catherine's seat. She sat down there, and when Catherine finished introducing the singer, who was Jimmy McDonald, I think, she came back down and sat down in the same chair with my wife. She walks up after the song is over to greet the crowd, and she just turns, and she looks at my wife, and she says, Come here, dear. And my wife stands up from the chair, face plants, and she was laughing in the spirit for the next eight hours <laughs> that's the kind of power this woman had and it was a tremendous thrill and honor to be able to be a part of her ministry and to have that to be able to touch that for a little while wow i remember that show 
it seems like yesterday. I mean, I was one of those listening to a radio replay one afternoon of that first TV show, where Love Song appeared with Catherine Kuhlman, a powerful healing evangelist in those early days. Now, I was a backslidden preacher's kid. In other words, I'd turn my back from following after Jesus to go my own way for a season. And it cost me dearly a marriage, delayed destiny. I was a broken man. When I heard those words of this next song come through the speakers, Chuck didn't know this, but Love Song was speaking and singing to me. I was the only one listening to the show. And the invitation from my loving Heavenly Father pierced my shameful heart, and I knew it was time to come home. Here's that song. I so vividly remember. And as you listen, maybe you're the only one that will hear it too. Here's Love Song. And welcome back on Full Circle, Where It All Began.
Love Song, and Welcome Back. And I confess it was the one song that was the most instrumental in the rediscovery of my faith so long ago. Shortly after, my radio show Jesus Solid Rock was birthed because I just had to share the message with anyone else that would listen. Well, when I come back, Chuck will tell us how a song about a little country church was birthed. Stay tuned. Meet Leela, who came to the Global Advance Marketplace Conference for Business Leaders in Hyderabad, India, a city of millions experiencing economic boon. Yet in the midst of new wealth, millions live in severe poverty, and millions more do not know Christ. Leela is a businesswoman determined to make a difference. She was one of the first to introduce beauty boutiques and clinics in Hyderabad. God has blessed her business throughout the region and is now extended to New York, Paris, and Dubai. Leela ministers to women throughout her work in the marketplace. The profits Leela makes are used to help bring schooling and meals to needy children. Leela also has a television program where she tells her viewers about Jesus Christ. Pray for God to raise up more godly business people like Leela in India and beyond. Hear more stories at our website, globaladvance.org. This is Chuck Gerard from the group Love Song, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking a look back to where it all began. I'm back. This is Jerry Bryant. And Chuck Gerard is my special guest on the Full Circle First Anniversary Show. Well, Chuck and I reminisced about one of the amazing songs that came out of a generation that intentionally resisted organized religion and the church. But let's let Chuck tell us how that song came about. Yeah, uh, a Fred Field-Chuck Gerard collaboration, and um, we were up in Northern California, and... How Fred and I wrote was still my favorite <laughs> partnership because we didn't write together. Fred would write the guitar or record the guitar part down on a, on a cassette or whatever and hand it to me and go away. So I'd write the melody and the, and the words. And uh, we were up in Northern California. We were in the, uh, uh, the home of some people who were hosting us. And we were just gathered around in this room waiting for the evening you know, where we'd do the service. And Fred had his guitar out, and the guys were up playing. And I looked up on the wall. He started playing the riff from Little Country Church. And I looked up on the wall, and there was a little sepia-toned photo of a, of a country church. And so I started singing, Little Country Church on the Edge of Town. And I thought, well, you know, that's really kind of a symbol because that's what's happening at Calvary. And then I started to pull the images that came from what was, you know, this preachers and talking about religion and the things that were going on at Calvary and kind of transplanting the Calvary experience onto the emblem of the little country church. And I think probably that song was written right there. Uh, that's a little different from Fred and I, our usual style, because I think it was more co-written at that point because we were writing it in the room at the same time. And the guys were all involved too, so. But it was mainly Fred and I that wrote it. That's why our names appear on it. But uh, yeah, so that's the beginning of that song. Here's Love Song and Little Country Church on Full Circle. And coming up, Chuck talks about a couple of early Jesus music pioneers that were a love song to him. Little Country Church on the edge of town. People coming every 
It's not the way it used to be Preacher isn't talking about religion no more He just wants to praise the Lord People aren't as stuffy as they were before They just want to praise the Lord And it's very plain to see It's not the way it used to be song and little country church on full circle back to where it all began now chuck is my special guest on this classic jesus music show and we talked about how he was influenced in his early years in christian music i'm talking about there's two different ways that you're influenced by groups your your dna is being formed and so then you resonate to certain people that you want to be like and that was already kind of set but you're always if you're if you're a creative person and you want to kind of stay with what's going on you kind of borrow from this and borrow from that uh the there were two albums two artists that were my love songs see i couldn't relate to my group the way others did so for many people love song was their first experience in Christian music and the album that they kind of got born again to well really the album that was like that for me was Malcolm and Alwyn's Fool's Wisdom and I love the sound of that group of that duo and I love their album so that was my a love song experience was that album and then I loved the stuff Larry was doing Larry Norman it was true rock and roll uh, it was edgy lyrically. In fact, we look back. On, I look. I've thought about this years later. I thought, how did he get away? You know, in that day and age, sipping whiskey from a paper cup, gonorrhea on Valentine's Day. It's no wonder that the church didn't always resonate to Larry. You know, because he was saying some very powerful and real things. So for me, he was a real uh, role model that I happened to actually love his music. 
Okay, then let's play a couple of songs from those early influences. Larry Norman. But first, this is for you, Chuck. Here's the duo from England who pioneered early Jesus music over there. Malcolm and Alwyn. Got myself some wisdom from a leather-backed book Got myself a savior when I took a second look Opened up the pages And what did I find? A black and white portrait of a king Who's a friend of mine Funny how when you think you're right Everybody else must be wrong Till someone with fool's wisdom Somehow comes along His voice was strange And the words he said I didn't quite understand Yet I knew that he was speaking right By the leatherback book in his hand Jesus said that those who seek truth will find it. We don't have to settle for fool's wisdom. A great song from Malcolm and Alwyn. You're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. And many of the Jesus music historians would agree with Chuck. The feeling is almost unanimous that the first album of Jesus rock was Larry Norman's 1969 release, Upon This Rock on Capitol Records. Now, Larry was known for speaking a solid message, something that wasn't redundant or being overdone all the time. It was new, refreshing. They weren't the typical hymn-type songs. Instead, his songs seemed to have a rebellious spirit against most church music. Songs such as Sweet, Sweet Song of Salvation, I Wish We'd All Been Ready, 
They were bold, out front with the gospel. But songs like Walking Backwards Down the Stairs and Ha Ha World took on more of a poetic, Dylan-esque approach. Now, Larry even blended the two writing styles together on the song You Can't Take Away the Lord that kicks off this groundbreaking album. So, here's one of Chuck's earliest influences, Larry Norman. And you can't take away the Lord. You can take away my kids, take away my wife, take away my job, you can take away my life. You can take away my house, take away my Ford, but you can't take away the Lord. Now, listen, Satan, you just can't take away the church or the Bible book unless you want to waste your time. You better take a second look, because you can't take away my shield, can't take away my sword, and you can't take away the Lord. Well, he made me, and he saved me. Listen and you hear it You can take away the pill And the atom bomb Take away Einstein's theories And the things all yet to come You could have took away the wheel With the dinosaur But you can't take away the Lord Oh no Well he made me And he saved me Take away the pill and the atom bomb. Take away Einstein's theories and the things all yet to come. You could have took away the wheel with the dinosaur, but you can't take away the Lord. Nah, 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 no, you never take away my sweet reward, but you can't take away the Lord. Larry Norman, and you can't take away the Lord. Now, my special guest on my anniversary show has been Chuck Gerard from Love Song, one of the pioneers of early Jesus music. After the breakup of Love Song, some of the group, including Chuck, did solo projects. And we'll talk about how that affected Chuck's life a little later. An original lyricist for Love Song, Fred Field's obvious love was his violin. And that began with lessons at the age of four and a half. By the time he was seven, he was playing in community orchestras, sitting right next to L.A. Philharmonic players. At 12, he joined the Musicians' Union, and by age 16, he'd amassed 11 years of formal lessons, plus nine years in the pits, playing opera, ballet, and the classics from Mendelssohn to Mozart. Then in the 60s, he threw it all away to play in a rock and roll band, which led him to hook up with the members of Love Song, and as they say... The rest is history. Now, after Love Song disbanded, Fred put out a solo album in 1976 on Maranatha Music with some of his friends, including former bandmates Jay Truax and John Mailer, along with session player Al Perkins. Here's a short song about the second coming of Christ's return, simply entitled, That Morning. Here's Fred Field. 
When that morning finally comes, everyone will be there. All the great and all the small, everyone will be there. All the girls and all the boys. Gonna meet their savior, full of joy. When the Lord will claim His own, and we'll see our Jesus on His throne. When that morning finally comes, everyone. And all the poor, everyone will be there. Paid in full upon His cross, and the blood He shed that was a cause. The greatest gift we can receive. All for the asking, just believe. Fred Field, and that morning on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Well, I'm getting close to the end of my anniversary show, but I have time for one more memory for my friend, Chuck Gerard. Stay tuned. And if you'd like to write me this week and respond to the show, ask questions, or tell me the songs you'd like me to play on a future show, my address is info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And tell me where you're listening from. I'll be right back. Full circle. On the front lines of the gospel's advance, in sometimes hostile areas of the world, are the hidden heroes of the body of Christ. Pastors and church planters who willingly risk their lives for Christ. Global Advance is helping bring desperately needed training, tools, and encouragement to these strategic leaders around the world. To learn more about how you can help support the training of frontline leaders worldwide, leaders who are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, visit our website, globaladvance.org. Learn how you can make a difference by supporting the training of frontline shepherds around the globe. That's globaladvance.org. GlobalAdvance.org This is Chuck Gerard from the group Love Song, and you're listening to the very best of classic Christian music with Jerry Bryant. Say, I've enjoyed having you on board my first anniversary show. It's been fun. Chuck Gerard from Love Song shared memories of our history. The History of Early Jesus Music. After leaving Love Song, 
Chuck went on to a solo career that continues through today. So we talked about the song that best describes how his life has evolved. Rock and Roll Preacher. I don't know how the music came to be. I just sat down on the piano and started to, to play. But those are really true experiences from my life. You know, uh, I used to listen to music all night long and catalog things. And it's just a music fan. And then whoever thought that my music would turn into uh, something that the Lord could use instead of just singing the blues. I've had that song compared a little bit to like an Elton John kind of approach. Uh, but uh, just, a, just a basic rocker, the, probably the most interesting part of the story on that song is that the original album was going to be called Rock and Roll Preacher and when we submitted the album to Word uh, to be the distributor they said if you put the words rock and roll on this this is 1975 no one will carry it and if they do no one will buy it so we took for the one of the few times in my life I listened to the record executive and we left Rock and Roll Preacher off the front and that's why the album's just self-titled but the song did appear and didn't really shake up too many people, but the song itself, but they thought the words rock and roll would really kill the album. So we wound up with the album title being just Chuck Gerard. Here's Chuck Gerard and Rock and Roll Preacher on Full Circle. Oh, 
kind of my theme song, too. Rock and roll preacher, Chuck Gerard. And hopefully Chuck will stop by later on for more memories. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circles recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a global advance and a JSR production. This is Full Circle.